Grumpy Old Geeks, a weekly talk show hosted by Brian Schulmeister and Jason DeFilippo, discussing the finer points of what went wrong on the internet and who's to blame. Welcome to Grumpy Old Geeks, episode 152 for March 18th, 2016. I am Jason DeFilippo. And I'm Brian Schulmeister. How are you, Jason? I'm okay. I'm doing okay as well. I am betting that we're just kind of roughing it a little bit for no particular reason as we're now too old to go out for St. Patrick's Day, which was yesterday. I did not go out for St. Patrick's Day. For the first time ever, I did not go out for St. Patrick's Day. It yeah. was kind of weird and nice. It is kind of nice. I'm like, yeah, oh, you people are like posting pictures from bars. I'm like, you people are fools. Yeah. Why did you wait in line to have somebody dump green dye in your beer? Ugh. <laughs> <Seriously>. Amateurs. <laughs> No, I, uh, it's, it's been a couple of years since I've gone out for St. Patrick's day and I kind of like sitting at home like normal yeah. people. Yeah, I, I agree. I, it's better to just kind of stay at home at night. I think I will resurrect my kind of tradition because my, my local is an Irish pub of, of going and having lunch there on St. Patrick's day and you know, one beer and then go home. Yeah. One beer because that's, that's <laughs> all it takes nowadays, I guess. Well, yeah. not quite. But. <laughs> <laughs> if 40 years of tolerance really doesn't, mm-hmm. uh, one beer won't cut it. Not really. So I watched that Darth Maul video that you talked about last uh, episode. What'd you think? I thought it was pretty good. Right? Yeah. It is definitely better than The Phantom Menace. Well, that's not <laughs> hard at all. No, no, <laughs> yeah. it's not. It was actually very well done. Yeah, Misa likey. Misa too. So I hope they don't uh, decide to uh, fund themselves to do any more because they'll get sued. <laughs> yeah. We'll talk about that one later. <laughs> yeah, no, I thought it was really well done. I mean, it kind of dragged a little bit. Well, well, like I said, to, there's there's a couple of shots where they just kind of stare at each other for agonizingly too long. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> you know, a little a little tighter editing there, guys. But uh, overall, I mean, the production value on it was insane, and it was very well done, except for the you know uh, the, the hipster Jedi. Yeah, <laughs> with their with the man bun. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty funny. <laughs> but for the most part, the and the uh, the fight scenes were just. I mean, well, the whole thing was a fight scene, but yeah, it was it was, it was well done, well yeah. done. So if you haven't seen it yet, recommended. Yes, put it in the show notes and go check it out. It is pretty damn good. Mm-hmm. I want to do a little follow-up on my slide belt. Yes. This was the ad that I saw when I was browsing Facebook, and I'm like, oh, let me check that out, because that looks yes. like it might be relevant to my interests. Which you and- threw out as your one example of advertising working. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, well, I've had it for a couple weeks now, mm-hmm. and uh, I have to say that I love it. Okay. It's unbelievably uh, precise. So I'm not like either squished in or my pants are falling down. Nice. So I highly recommend it. It's not, it's not cheap, but the build quality is very nice. The leather is really nice. If you're into mm-hmm. that leather sort of thing, the, uh, the clip, the actual or belt buckle with the, the ratcheting mechanism on it is mm-hmm. extremely well-made. All right. So well. all in all, uh, the only thing that I have to say is I went to their homepage and there's a very awkward picture of this girl, like just, you know, she's supposed to be looking at the belt. She's staring at his crotch. Look. She's looking very, at his junk. Yeah, this is a hilarious photo. Uh, slide belt guys, you might want to change this. Just no, saying. I think it's. I think it's funny. It's. I mean, <laughs> and and they cut the photo so it's basically at her crotch as well. I don't know if you noticed that. Yeah, you're, you're basically staring at the JJ while she's staring at the junk. So that's what good, it is. Good, good homepage there, guys. Hey, man, yeah. marketing. Yeah, marketing. Um, uh, yeah, if you're looking for a good belt, check them out. And if you definitely are like in, in the process of losing weight like I am, it really helps to be more comfortable when you can, you know, just not have to go an inch at a time. Yeah, very cool. Uh, and speaking of things that I thought were very well made, I just didn't understand what the hell they were for. Uh, a couple episodes back, I got, uh, I think it was actually just last, last episode. episode. Yeah, last episode, I got a, a pair of the, of here's active listening buds. And uh, I basically just said that these things are well-designed. The technology is very, very cool. And I cannot possibly see any practical application whatsoever. Um, They are doing a big push for Coachella. So I'm expecting lots of articles coming on that soon. But they also did a push at South by Southwest. And I saw a review on a gadget that uh, made me think, huh, perhaps I was wrong about this. Because the title is South by Southwest showed me here's active listening buds are a sound idea. I went, hmm. Really? What did I miss? And then I went to go read the entire article by James True and realized that the editor at Engadget that titled this piece of crap is a piece of crap. Yeah. <laughs> so the, no, no, the article is not a piece of crap. It goes into great detail with basically exactly my same viewpoint. These are cool, 
what the hell are they for? Uh-huh. <laughs> so, so they agreed with me that there's no real point to these whatsoever. Um, we got a little, uh, we got some feedback on Twitter. I'm sorry, I can't remember the name of the person that did it right now. I thought it was Kenny from London. Oh, it? yes. It's Kenny from London who said that actually he thinks they're fantastic to go to concerts to basically use as, uh, as um, what the hell are they called? Earplugs. Earplugs. Uh, and I was like, well, these are really expensive earplugs. Yeah. Really expensive. And you can argue the technical merits, but if you go and get a custom-fitted pair of earplugs where they shoot the mold in your ear and then you wait a couple weeks and in the mail you get perfectly fitted earplugs, they are awesome and they do exactly the same thing. They do not they do not kill the sound enjoyment of music whatsoever. Uh, you can still hear all the frequencies, exactly the same thing. That's going to cost you 50 bucks. These things are running at, I think, 200 I believe is what they're going to go for. So, And you don't have to charge earplugs. Exactly. The news. Anonymous uh, declared all-out war on Donald Trump and uh, made their first shot across the bow in what is the headline calls one massive cyber attack, uh, posting his social security number, uh, home phone number, or cell phone, I guess, and other private, although, well, already known information about him, such as the name of his parents, children, and legal representation, and agent online. Yeah, most of this stuff has been available already for yeah. like over a year. So it's not it's not like a huge attack. <laughs> no, but at least they're doing something. I, I support this one. Okay. <laughs> Somebody's got to do something at this point because everything else that anybody has tried has not worked. <laughs> I don't think what they're doing is going to no, do much either. No, I don't think either. so either. There's not. So what are they, what are they going to do? Shut down his website? Nobody yeah, cares. Nobody cares. <laughs> Um, we like to talk a lot about, uh, what the technology and the way that we're living now, how it affects us and how social media can basically alter our moods, et cetera, et cetera. I found a really interesting article on, uh, New York magazine, um, by Jesse single. And it's, uh, basically saying for the last 80 years, young Americans have been getting more anxious and depressed and no one is quite sure why. And I went, huh, this is of interest to me. Yes, this is, well, you're not a young person anymore, but. No, but I am interested in, in this whole field. And it's, uh, it's a really, really long article and very interesting. It focuses on the work of Dr. Jean Twing. I think that's how you pronounce it, who is a social psychologist, uh, something that I was looking into getting into at the San Diego State University. And she is basically looking at a large pile of research taken over the last 80 years and says that uh, what she thinks it is telling us is that modern life is not very good for mental health. Yeah. <laughs> We've been saying on the show quite a lot. <laughs> well, I mean, it's not even modern life. We're going back 80 years here. Yes. This is, you know, this is a long-term study. We're talking moving away from basically just living in small, tiny social groups with a small group of people around you. Um, modern life doesn't give us many opportunities to spend time with people and connect with them, at least in person. Compared to, say, 80 years ago or 100 years ago, families are smaller now. Divorce rate is higher. People get married much later in life. Um, she also says, and this is very social media, uh, there's clear evidence that focus on money, fame, and image has gone up, Kardashians. She says, referring to various surveys that have been conducted over the decades in which young people are asked about their goals and values. And there's also clear evidence that people who focus on money, fame, and image are more likely to be depressed and anxious. So that's our society right now in a nutshell. Well, let's, let's look about what happened 80 years ago. I mean, when, when was the uh, invention of the, the motion picture? The talkie. Right. <laughs> right. So the talkie uh, increases in transportation, which uh, basically broke up family units as people move further and further away. Uh, you know, a, a lot of this stuff makes sense. This is all, I hate to always go back to Adam Carolla, but he, I, the damn dude is right a lot of the time. He's been saying for a long time, we are moving way too damn fast in our brains and are not ready for this. Well, yeah, but I mean, that's, it's not going to stop. So, no, you know, no, it's, it's not, so. adapt or die. Or just yeah. be bummed a lot. <laughs> That's kind of it. Yeah. So I guess if you want to be happier, uh, stop posting, go down to the local pub and hang out with your friends. It, just not on St. Patrick's Day. It's not on St. Patrick's Day. Um, and a trend against that, uh, Carl's Jr., I, I've always thought they were just kind of a SoCal thing, but I guess they've expanded quite a lot. And now they have a deal with Hardee's. So most people across the country are probably familiar with, with this chain now. Yeah, What the uh, hey, real quick. Hardee's used to be its own standalone restaurant that I used to go to in North Carolina, and it was really good. And then Carl's Jr. basically bought them and changed the Hardee's menu to the Carl's Jr. menu, and now it's trash. But that's <laughs> that's my because man, they used to have a bacon or no a Swiss mushroom burger at Hardee's when I was like five that was to die for. But nowadays it would probably be terrible. But right, back not, then, 
Yeah, there you go. Well, I was always fond of the Carl's Jr. Uh, burger over McDonald's growing up, but it is still just a fast food burger. Stop yep. um, the CEO uh, it wants to basically replace all employees with robots. And uh, we've been saying this is coming for a long time. Now, his thought process, and this ties directly into the study above, millennials like not seeing people. I've been inside restaurants where we've installed ordering kiosks, and I've actually seen young people waiting in line to use the kiosk when there's a person standing behind the counter waiting on nobody. And let's just, <clears throat> we also need to back up the truck here for a second, because his main gripe is that the minimum wage laws are forcing him to automate faster because it's going to be cheaper to automate than it is to pay for people. It's, he's got, he's got an ulterior motive here. This isn't because well, he wants to please millennials. Yeah. This is about saving money at the end of the day. This is more his justification. Yeah. He's saying, you know, you raise, you raise the minimum wage. This is what's going to happen. Yeah. But, uh, well, yeah. if he's looking to, looking to buy some robots, Boston dynamics is now up for sale. Google oh. is, Google is cutting them loose and letting them go. I'm going to have a, uh, army robot serve me my burger. <laughs> yeah. The, <laughs> <laughs> so the the issue here is that there's, there's there's a couple issues and it's a very long article and you know they at the beginning they're talking about how they don't have they're not going to have anything that is commercially viable and for mass production for like at least 10 years right and google wants them to flip it over faster right because that's you know alphabet needs to make some money because they're they obviously don't have enough um now at the end the very end of the article they talk about how google hasn't like actually brought them into Google X and they've been a standalone and, right. and frankly standoffish part of the company. <laughs> and the, some emails got basically spread around to people in Google. And what it really turns out to is Google is kind of creeped out by these new videos and these humanoid robots that, yeah. that Boston Dynamics is making. They're like, we're, I don't think we really want to be associated with this. We don't want to be in the business of uh, taking over everybody else's jobs. Yeah. Uh, where this is going. And Google themselves will lose. A lot of Google employees are going to lose their jobs. These robots are creepy. I've watched some of these videos. This is, this is scary ass shit. This yeah. is what we are going to see in Carl's Jr. very soon and most other places as well. No, and my, my, my take on it was, you know, because they always show the videos of these guys kicking the robots. Yeah. Which is, you know, we've, we, it's like, <laughs> It's this is going to come back in psychology there. Yeah. This is going to come back and bite us in the ass when they finally become when sentient. They actualize. Yes. <laughs> yeah. But they should have sold these, these robots to anger management patients so they could just huh. kick the robot instead of their wife at night. And then that, that could be their, been their selling point. <laughs> I guess they could go that way. Now the, the company itself is going to continue, right? Yeah. yeah they're putting the, the division up for sale and somebody else will buy it and blah, blah, blah. Could be Toyota, I guess. Amazon. Huh. That, that would be interesting. Or Carl's Jr. Or Carl's Jr. Or Domino's. Domino's. Yes. <laughs> Domino's is actually pretty far along, though, in their new self-driving pizza delivery robot. And this comes out of Australia. Mm -hmm. So it's it, it. what they did was they took a $30,000 military-grade robot and yes. put, an, put an oven on it. Or not yeah. even an oven, just a heater. Just a heating box, yeah. That's about it. <laughs> yep. It's, it's called Drew. Domino's, Domino's robotic unit. Yes. Uh, well, that's their uh, that's cool. their innovation lab. Yeah, uh, I don't. They're going to have to weaponize this because if I see one of these things rolling past me, I'm just going to open it up and take a pizza. <laughs> and they <laughs> they actually do mention that in the article, and the guy's like, "Well, we're just going to have to deal with that as it comes. We'll have cameras, and it's going to happen. Yeah, so we'll just we'll kind of handle that when when it gets here." Now, the uh, the other interesting thing is the robot might be gay. The male voiced prototype joked about having dated Dexter from perfect match in the eighties. It's, wow. it's very strange. Okay, it's, that's I don't know what they're. Of... Yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's, I don't, uh, I don't know how you'd have a gay robot. Me either. So Lee Seidel, Seidel, Seidel? who is the uh, human go champion of the world, got beaten by a computer program. Robots. Here they come. <laughs> he got his ass handed to him. He yeah. got spanked. Got destroyed. Mm -hmm. Oh, well, we're all done. It's over. The article you put in the show notes comes from Ken Jennings, who, you know, was one of the early guys who got beat by a computer really bad. That's true. Yes. Uh, him and Gary Kasparov have like this little, you know, uh, He-Man computer haters club going on. And they were this article welcomed Lee to the club. And it was really interesting. And 
it, he actually talks about some of the you know, the mental issues that come with getting beat by a computer because he talks about, he's like, you don't feel useful or needed when you're going up against a computer like this because they're just going to take over and there's just no humanity left. It's a really good read. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I forgot a little bit about the point of this article. I thought I was just mentioning the story again. But yeah, this is really, I mean, it goes from touching on Kurt Vonnegut and player piano to uh, a bunch of other things in the past that have happened. But yeah, he's basically just saying, um, we've been beaten now. Welcome to the club. And pretty soon it's going to be all of us, especially mm-hmm. uh, you Domino's employees and uh, you Carl's Jr. employees. You're next in line. <laughs> You're the next in line. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the FCC is auctioning off the airwaves again. Um, it's kind of interesting for the quick explanation. The federal government controls the use of all the airwaves or spectrum. And right now TV broadcasters have more than they need. Wireless carriers need more of the spectrum so uh, because all the millennials are all watching Netflix on their phones and not talking to each other. And to facilitate this, the FCC is running a two-part auction to try to transfer as much of the spectrum as possible while making some money for the government itself. What it could eventually mean is that you will have better cell phone service, but as we all know, that never happens. And the disruptors are getting disrupted. Uber is launching Instant Pay Pilot, which is a, an instant pay program for the drivers so they don't have to wait all that long. But unfortunately, they're catching up because Lyft has had this for a couple of months now and theirs is called Express Pay. I just like the fact that Uber got out Ubered. Yeah. <laughs> and it's interesting that Lyft went with Stripe. Yes. Was it, wait, one of them was Stripe. Which one? Damn it. I can't remember if it was Stripe or not. Yeah. Who cares? No. Yeah, it was Stripe. Because I was wondering if it was, because uh, Stripe is the credit card payment company, but there was the one that, uh, what's his name from Jack Dorsey does with the little dongle that goes into your phone. Ah, uh, that's Square. Square. Ah. Yes. See, they all begin with S and they all take yeah. your money. And none so of you're all just matter. screwed. None of this will matter anyways, because it's only a matter of time before robot drivers take over for Uber and Lyft, because we all know <laughs> that that's what they want to do anyways. <laughs> no, definitely. Hey, do you, on Twitter, do you uh, follow Startup L Jackson? No. Oh, man, you missed out. Okay. This was a, a, a Twitter account that was going on for four years, mm-hmm. and he was, you know, kind of making fun of everything in Silicon Valley, but like, you know, in the voice of Samuel L. Jackson for a lot of it. So he was well, called Startup funny. L. Jackson. And when <laughs> he first came out, he was, I mean, only a few people knew about it because it was, you know, very inside baseball. And it finally got up to 78,000 followers. He ran this for four years, and nobody figured out who he was. And then he finally disappeared. We're <laughs> like, oh, where'd he go? Turns out is a, a VC named Parker Thompson, and he works for AngelList. Okay. Basically, he started this, this account to make fun of Silicon Valley. And then by the end of the run, it had turned into reality. So he's yeah. like, eh, let's just retire. I kind of feel that way about the TV show Silicon Valley now, too. It started off making fun of it, but I don't see that much of a difference anymore. No, see, that's, I told you, that's the scary thing. That's why I get PTSD watching that show. It is too close to reality. Yeah. Good times. Yeah. Now, this is interesting news that I saw this morning. Uh, mm-hmm. NPR has decided that it will not promote its range of podcasts on its radio shows anymore. That's interesting, but that is called holding on to the last bit of radio <laughs> listeners that you have, because if they do keep promoting it, they will discover how much more convenient it is to listen to it when you want to, instead of tuning into the radio and how easy it is to do that in your car. And all of a sudden you will not have ratings anymore. Yeah. You will not have the, the, the entire radio component of NPR will go away because all the station owners will still be pissed off at them because they're saying, Hey, why don't you go listen to this on a podcast? And they're like, Hey, we, we have radio stations so they can listen to it. You know, it's, you know, they're just eating their own tail. And the interesting thing is, can NPR's podcast do just as well without the promotion on the radio? That will be interesting. I mean, I guess for people that have already found it, I mean, like I don't listen to NPR in my car anymore because I listen to my shows that I want to from NPR on my podcast. So I'm done. But uh, if a lot of other people don't know, we'll see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's going to I think it's going to squash like, you know, new customer acquisition growth. Yeah. Or the podcast side. But if you're a podcaster, this is great news. It is. <laughs> I, you know how hard it is to beat NPR on the top rankings on anything? What? Yeah, let me, OK, yes, very. But also, what difference does it make to be on the top rankings? Uh, you get better audience traction. You get you get new new audience members from people who are searching topless people who are new to podcasting, they go on their phone and they look at what's, what's popular and right. they subscribe from there. You get, you do, you can concretely track the amount of new users you can get 
when you go up in the rankings on the top lists. Okay, well then, I guess it's good news. On yes. the flip side of things, it could be bad news because we could be losing out on an entire bunch of people that could be educated about podcasts and come over to the dark side. That is the other uh, the other flip side of it. But if they're just going to listen to NPR podcasts anyway, and that's all <laughs> they're going to listen to, yeah. stay out of my sandbox. <laughs> okay, Jason. <laughs> so I got a hat tip for these next two articles to uh, Sean Bonner's newsletter which mm-hmm. uh, we'll have a link in the show notes. Researchers have identified the virus and two types of bacteria as major causes of Alzheimer's. And also there's a new Alzheimer's treatment that fully restores memory function. And these are amazing. Have you read these yet? Uh, I scanned through them. Uh, it's very interesting. It's also kind of funny because these things have, have been published in a highly regarded peer-reviewed journal. And just yesterday on Up to Speed, our daily podcast, I talked about the biologists gone rogue that are saying to hell with getting peer-reviewed. <laughs> well, to hell with getting peer reviewed first is what is what they say. But no, these are this is actually really fascinating. And uh, I mean, I lost somebody at Alzheimer's, so I'm I'm fascinated when there's new research that comes out, and uh, I get excited. So hopefully, yeah. people in the future won't have to go through that. Yeah, I mean, this is a big breakthrough. So hopefully, we'll have some real news, uh, real concrete news about uh, cures and different things in the very near future. Yeah, because this the the memory restoration treatment is crazy. It says of the mice that received the treatment, seventy five percent got their memory function back with zero damage to brain tissue. Yeah, that's, that's unbelievable. Uh huh. So well done. We're science. Science. Security. Ha! DARPA is back in the news, and they have a new initiative called the Improv which is uh, they're soliciting feedback from both skilled hobbyists and experts across a wide range of indices, in, industries, <laughs> industries, <laughs> indices, industries, uh, from agriculture and transportation to medicine and infotech to understand and identify how common off the shelf components can be repurposed as security threats. So it's kind of uh, it's a hackathon for blowing stuff up. Derpa. Yep. For the most part, That's, this sounds like a very bad idea. Uh, yeah. Hey, everybody, let's think about good ways to destroy us. No, well, I mean, you have to do those thought experiments. (laughs) Otherwise, how are you going to defend against, you know, things that you've never thought of? (laughs) I agree, but usually do them in controlled environments with people with security clearances and that you trust. Yeah, crowds. You don't (laughs) crowdsource it. (laughs) Oh, boy. Let's go to Um, bombstarter.com. Yes. (laughs) Crowdfund our our homemade. uh, On the plus side, it'll never get delivered. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so actually might be a genius plan. It's the safest way. Yes, crowdfunding and crowdsourcing to uh, none of it'll ever actually happen, so we're totally cool. DARP is just gonna take all the money and move to Anguilla. <laughs> just all go down there. Yeah. Uh, if you want a really good overview of encryption, John Oliver nailed it again, as he always does. That was his large segment last week. So we have the link to the full clip in the show notes. I highly recommend you watch it because as per usual. He's, it's well-researched and yet still funny. Yeah. <laughs> Unlike us. Hey. Yeah. Uh, this uh, next one comes from Kenny from London again. Um, mm. I stayed in a hotel with Android light switches, and it was just as bad as you'd imagine by Matthew Garrett. Great article. It's a great article, and it goes over how he took his laptop and plugged it in between the Android tablet and the electric system into the hotel and figured out how to control basically everything in the hotel from his laptop. Yeah. Because there was no security. Just to backtrack a little bit, it's a fancy pants hotel in London that decided it'd be a good idea to get rid of standard light switches and put Android tablets in everywhere in the room to control everything, yet they didn't bother with the basics of security on it. Zero security. Nothing is encrypted, so everything was open. All the IPs were open, as well as all of the uh, commands that went to... (laughs) <laughs> Each individual unit, like the, you know, the drapes, the TV, the light yes. switches, all that stuff. Even to the point where you could use basically the IP and to, to, to target specific rooms. Yeah. This, this is just, we're, we're so screwed. Yeah. <laughs> well, apparently he told the hotel and they're going to work on a fix, but we'll see. Cause I'm sure this is an off the shelf product that they bought. Now they're like, Oh, oh, oh. now we're Now we're gonna have to hire someone that knows stuff. Yes. We don't have the budget for that. Well, hopefully this guy maybe got a job out of it. Matthew Garrett, maybe he can like come in and fix it since he's yeah. the one that figured out how to break it. <laughs> maybe. I was uh, listening to the Recode Decode podcast this week, uh, the Kara Swisher one. Yes. That you actually turned us on to, I think that was last week, actually, wasn't uh, it? Yeah, it was. Mm-hmm. So I, I subscribed to that, and there was a really good episode because, I mean, this 
I saw the title of this one. And I'm like, okay, I'm in. Uh, you can be hacked from anywhere. <laughs> I saw that too, but I figured you'd listen to it, so I didn't. Yeah, it's with uh, Orion Hindawi, the CEO of Tanium, which is a kind of a it's a it's an endpoint security systems management company, which means that you install this on all of the computers in your enterprise, mm-hmm. so you know what they're doing, and then you can do patch management on them and things like that. Yeah, And you can also figure out like what's on your network that's not supposed to be on your network or what's on your network that you haven't installed things on. It was a fascinating talk because what this guy was saying was like, because he goes to like countries and governments and major corporations. He's like, we installed this on 400,000 systems at one company only to learn that there were 125,000 computers on their network that were just (laughs) legacy machines and sitting around. Nice. I'm like, you lost 125,000 computers. Wow. That's insane. It is insane. But, you know, it only takes one of those computers to be yeah. the, the entry point for a bad guy. If one of them gets owned, you're screwed. So it's, it's really interesting talk on how they built this software from the ground up. You know, they took funding from, I think, Andreessen Horowitz, which I think they're the biggest um, company that's been funded by Andreessen Horowitz, which, which is pretty, pretty big. You know, and they haven't put, they haven't used any of the money yet. They just put it in the bank. Nice. They like took all this funding and are like, ah, we keeping it for a rainy day, but we're profitable. And we started from nothing. And oh it's, my God. It's, it's a interesting. That's yeah. profitable. Mm-hmm. Wow. No, I, like- I recommend really listening to this because I like this guy a lot. I okay. really I'm do. I'm going to go back and listen to this. This mm-hmm. should be good. I, we like profitable companies. They're so rare, uh, especially on the ones we talk about. So the fappening. The fappening. We all remember that. Uh, they finally got. Th- That's just disgusting. <laughs> yeah. um, they they got the guy. Oh, that uh, hurt my cheeks. <laughs> that hurt my brain. Uh, Ryan Collins, thirty six of Lancaster, PA, has pled guilty to a single felony computer hacking charge uh, and could face up to eighteen months in prison with this, uh, which is probably getting off easy because I'm sure there should be more than one felony computer hacking charge that he should be charged with. Uh, Basically, this comes down to he used a phishing attack to get the login credentials. He sent emails that uh, he matched them to appear to be from either Apple or Google and asked the victims to provide their usernames and passwords, which I'm assuming either they or their personal assistants did. And that was how he got in. Well, there you go. Yeah. Uh, In a little bit of extra news for that, in case you are wondering what these things are all about, I posted a link to a webinar from bettercloud.com, which is how to recognize and prevent social engineering attacks. If somebody I, asks you for your password, you do not give it to them. Right. I recommend <laughs> going and watching this. It's an hour long, but it's got really good people on it. And it's got uh, Chris Hadnagy on it from Social Engineer Inc., who is a super smart guy that I hung out with at DerbyCon this year and hands down one of the best people in the business. So if you want to learn a little bit more about how to not get owned by these silly social engineering attacks, go watch this video. It's an hour. You'll, you'll probably learn something. There you go. Comment of the week. Our first comment of the week came from grumpyoldgeeks.com from Gabriel Pagan. I just found out Marissa Tomei. Marissa. Play. <laughs> Before you even start. Yes. Gabriel Pagan. 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 Could go either way. Uh, uh, <laughs> we're getting in so much trouble saying people's names. He'll write us and let us know which way it should be I'm said. Sure. There's two. Per- there's that could easily be Pagan. <laughs> okay. Um, all right. I just found out Marissa Tomia. Tomia. Tomato. We'll play Aunt May in the new Spider-Man movie. Now that makes me a grumpy old geek. Also wanted to give you an idea to bring Does It Have Legs back. Oh, God, not another podcast for Jason. Uh, Have the Patreon subscribers vote on what movie to watch. You select the movies, and we vote and have a Patreon level where they submit movies. Loving up to speed. It's the perfect podcast to listen while shaving using Overcast at 1.5 with smart speed. Okay, first up. Yes, Mm. Marissa Tomei as Aunt May is kind of sad and scary that we're getting that old. But if you really want to get a little bit sad, remember in the first Star Trek reboot from J.J. Abrams that Winona Ryder played Spock's mom. Yeah. Wow. That was even worse. (laughs) Yeah, that was a tough one. I'm like, I know that voice. (laughs) And I'm just, oh, my God, (laughs) it's Winona Ryder. I'm getting old. (laughs) Um, So she, so I guess we we grow old together. Yeah. And the reality is I'm I'm an uncle. So Marissa Tomei is a bit older than me, so she could be an aunt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sad but true. It's, it's time to let it go, Gabriel. 
Yes. Uh, and uh, does it have legs? Is probably never coming back. I'm sorry. It's just... It does not have legs. It didn't. Well, the concept has legs. If somebody would like to take it over, I'll sell it to you. (laughs) (laughs) But there's just no time for me to, I I don't have time to watch a movie at all anymore, let alone do another podcast around it. And I'm in Los Angeles, the home of, you know, the biggest movie industry in, well, the country, I guess, because you look at Bollywood, it's bigger. Yeah. Yeah. And China's ramping up too. China. Yeah. Toronto. Mm, yep. Yeah. Mm. Vancouver. Yeah. Well, yeah, to be fair, I guess nobody, I guess nobody makes movies in Hollywood anymore. So. Nobody, nobody shoots them here anymore. Yeah. But anyway, nobody will travel to come watch a movie with me and talk about it every week. So true. Yeah. Not going to happen. I blame Los Angeles. <laughs> you, you go ahead and do that. All right. Patrick writes in regarding the future grind podcast. Don't remember what I wrote in my last follow-up comment, but just caught up on your podcast and heard you mention future grind in comment of the week. Interested to hear if you had a similar arc to mine interest impatient, but forgiving then boredom, then a wait a minute. Who the fuck are these guys? <laughs> Once They brought on Zoltan. He said he was running for president and wanted to live forever and freeze his body. I just turned it off in fear that he'd mentioned the integration next. I don't know what the integration is, but. Integraton. I don't know. I'm not sure either. (laughs) (laughs) The Integraton. Okay. Uh, Integratron. Oh, right. Man, we cannot read anymore. This is getting old. Isn't Zoltan one of Space Ghost's co-hosts? Whatever. Hope I didn't unnecessarily waste anyone's time on that one. Keep up the good work. Uh, Well, thanks, Patrick. I, uh, yeah, I, I. I listened to about 10 minutes and then gave up, basically. Uh, just some points of clarification because I was bored one night. Zoltar was Space Ghost's co-host, actually. Zoltan is a hand gesture in which a person has their hands stock- stacked on top of each other, only touching at the tips of the thumbs in order to form the letter Z. This came out of the 2000 stoner film, Dude, Where's My Car? The Zoltan hand gesture would become popular in 2012 with members of the Pittsburgh Pirates as well as residents of Pittsburgh rallying around the team. Who knew? Who knew? So <laughs> I didn't. That's for damn sure. Yeah. So there you go. If you'd like to leave us a comment, you can find us on Twitter at GOG Podcast, on Instagram at Grumpy Old Geeks, or at Patreon at patreon.com slash GOG. We have a website at grumpyoldgeeks.com where you can listen to shows, leave feedback, or better yet, ask us questions that we can read on the air. If you have friends, please tell them about the show. And please, if you like the show, drop us an iTunes review. They really do help us out, and it'll only take a minute or two. Go to grumpyoldgeeks.com slash iTunes, and it'll take you right there. I finally read Red Shirts. That's been on my to-do list for quite some time. It's actually technically titled Red Shirts, a novel with three codas by John Scalzi. And that is important because the first coda was awesome and I could have done without the second and third. Okay. (laughs) So I I don't want to get too into it because it'll give a lot of it away, but it's kind of an alternative universe where the characters become self-aware and realize that they may be on a TV show and how come the captain and the important characters run around and get shot and always recover and red shirts keep having to be drafted in because they always die. This is the premise. It's very funny. It's very well written. Uh, Again, I loved, loved, loved the whole first bit. And then it goes a little bit off the rails, in my opinion, when he tries to kind of bring the worlds together and explain things. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's, you you got, you're going to have to put some, some filler in with that premise, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So good stuff though. I mean, it's very well written and highly enjoyable. I don't remember if I know that, uh, Adam Savage and that group were going to do a spoiler cast on it. I don't know if they ever did. I'm going to have to go back and find out because uh, usually when I listen to their spoiler cast, the parts that I didn't like about a book become a little bit clearer. Who knows? Um, it's well worth a read, though, especially if you're a sci-fi fan. It's it's chock full of references to things that will make you crack up. Awesome. It's yeah. uh, not going on my list, but uh, thanks for the the heads up. Software, apps, and gadgets. I discovered a little something today, this morning, about uh, Facebook Messenger, and then uh, Jason quickly hopped on to test it out with me, and that destroyed me in the game, basically, um, because he's got that sort of time. Did you know that there is a hidden basketball game in Facebook Messenger now? Well, of course I did, because you (laughs) just told them. You told me there was. It was a rhetorical (laughs) question being asked to the audience. Oh, yes. No, there kind of fun it is fun i especially if you're stuck on a boring message with someone unfortunately it tells you that they're playing yeah that's the kind of weird thing about <laughs> it i'm like well now we're competing but now he knows i'm not really 
giving a crap about what he's saying, but since we were testing, it didn't really go that far. No, it did not matter. So if you're on a conversation that's really boring you, uh, send the basketball emoji to the person. And then click on it. And then click on it, and you open up a little virtual court and start sinking jumpers. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Free throws, and they're fun. I mean, I I get up to eight, and then I had to actually get work done. Yeah, that's the thing. It's just what we needed. Yet another thing to waste time during the day with. Yeah, seriously. But it is fun. I, I got to say, it, it is fun, and it's clever, and I'm. It's cute that they had it in there. Mm-hmm. I want. I'm gonna try baseball next. So, uh, friend of the show, Jeff Donaldson, down in uh, Austin, Texas, mm-hmm. did uh, did me a solid. Really? He sent me an Amazon Echo. Wow. Yeah. Believe I it or not. That. <laughs> uh, he said they they sent him two, and they didn't want the other one back, so he had an extra. <laughs> Nice. I'm like, hey, I'll take it. Um, I set it up yesterday mm-hmm. and I'm still working my way through it. <laughs> um, you have to learn a completely different syntax for some things like set a timer or do things like, you know, like like it doesn't have the same syntax as Siri for a lot of stuff. Right. So I'm I'm working my way through that. It's a pretty little device. It feels nice and solid. It's kind of like, you know, a Sonos Play One, but smaller, like mm-hmm. a little little less, little less bulky. Um, it's kind of cute. Uh, but we ended up just making fun of it the whole time. We're like, Alexa, you a hoe <laughs> yeah, had a so couple it's... glasses of wine and cause, cause she would never answer anything properly. And then we just ended up yelling at it. Um, right. the thing about it that I got it to do this morning, that was fun. I'm like, um, like Alexa, what's the news? And she read me off the latest stuff from NPR while I was making my breakfast. It was kind of fun. So we can outsource our whole podcast. <laughs> Alexa, just make Alexa, something. Alexa, do the podcast. Yeah. I've got the list of stuff that I can do with it now. I'm I'm working my way through it. So in the next couple of weeks, I'll hopefully like get better at it and figure out what cool stuff we can do. Because the first thing I did, of course, was go to Google and I'm like, hack echo. <laughs> you know, what can <laughs> what kind of hacks can I do with this thing? Can you get it to uh, control your whole Sonos system? That's what I was getting ready to say. It does not have Sonos integration, which sucks. Because what they want, to, what they want you to do is use Echo to play the music. I'm like... Yeah, uh, I'm not no. going to do that. You're yeah. sitting next to a device that costs three times as much as you did. <laughs> I would like that to play my music because I've got them all around my house. It would be nice if I could, you know, have the voice control there with that. Um, but I'm going to keep I'm going to play around with it and see what I can do to, you know, hack around with it. I can order an Uber from it, but that doesn't of course. Really and a pizza. Mm-hmm. So the robots can come pick you up or deliver your pizza. Um, the reason I get I get why they want you to actually use them to play the music because it's a voice control device and if the uh, device itself is generating the sound it can it can unmask it and pull your voice out easier as opposed to having just loud music playing behind you when you're talking if you have the music playing behind you from a different speaker source that anything said from that music or from that speaker source could control Alexa yes so if it's coming out of Alexa it will not follow any of those commands either so that well, kind of Kind of makes sense. But. Maybe. <laughs> we don't know that yet. Yeah, we don't know that yet. That's actually because we did do that article about how an NPR story about Alexa controlled Alexa. So were they playing it through Alexa or was it playing on a different radio? You're going to have to do some field tests, Jason. Yeah, I'm definitely going to have to do some field tests because I can play our podcast through Alexa. So. so say a command right now. Alexa, what time is it? All right, we'll see what happens. We will. And uh, I want to throw out a, a link to uh, Jeff's day job which I know you're going to love <laughs> since he sent me an echo. I got to give him some love back. Yeah. Uh, Jeff works for Jesse James firearms unlimited. So if you go to JJFU.com, you can check out some of the awesome custom made guns that they sell. Uh, okay. That's cool. People got to make a living. Yes, they do. Media candy. Big news today, if you're a Netflix fan, <laughs> Daredevil Season 2 is out, and Pee-wee's Big Holiday. Very nice. Yeah, so there goes the weekend. Uh, I don't binge like that with Daredevil, but... Uh, uh, I do. I know. Yeah. <laughs> I know. It's going to take me about three months to probably get through Daredevil. I'm still working on the last season of House of Cards. I, I, just, uh, I, I just don't binge like I used to. <laughs> yeah, no, and it turns out that it's not a good idea. My roommate and I both were like, man, we slept like crap last night. Our hips hurt and our legs hurt because we sat for six hours watching House of Cards. Yes, it's for two days helping. in a row. 
It's not healthy at all. Uh, you know, you do miss out on the ability to discuss things. Uh, that's a that's an unfortunate thing about the mass dumping of shows these days is it's even further degrading just kind of the commonality that we have together. Yeah, because that's right. You can't, you can't discuss shows to, with other people because you don't know if they've watched it. And most of my discussions are, well, what episode are you on? Oh, shit, we can't talk about that. Yeah, you know yeah. what my favorite one for that was? When I actually had a day job and it was a really big, you know, group thing was The Sopranos. Yes. That was great. Yes, that was amazing. You would come in and discuss the the weekend's episode every Monday. You'd literally sit around the water cooler and literally. talk about the Sopranos. It's not, you know, it's well, not hyperbole. We had actually yep. stand around a water cooler and talk about the Sopranos. And we've killed that experience. Oh, isn't, it, isn't the new world grand? Yeah, tell me about it. Yes. Uh, I actually finally watched The Big Short. I did not watch this before Oscar season. Um, I just didn't. And uh, it's awesome. I can't, I wish this would have won. It was pretty damn good. I got to say it's really good. It's really depressing. It's completely about the global collapse of the economy. Um, I really enjoyed it. It's spectacularly well done. Steve Carell was unbelievable in it. Actually, that's he, everybody he, was. I mean, everybody. they all were. But yeah. Steve Carell like shocked me with how good he was. Yeah, he could actually um, act. Uh, yeah. And, and, and his character was fantastic. He was the grumpy old geek of the global collapse of the economy. Yes, he was. <laughs> it really was. Uh, and I got so pissed off watching it. I immediately went back uh, as soon as it was done. I brought up uh, on HBO On Demand, Too Big to Fail, uh, which is the same story, but kind of told from the side of the government and uh, the guy that was trying to stop it, which is also, if you have not watched this, uh, Paul Giamatti is ridiculously good in this. Everybody was good in this too. Is Paul um, Giamatti not excellent in every single thing he does, except for that damn Sideways movie? But I like Sideways, and yeah. he was excellent in that too. But <laughs> no, but but in nowadays, like we've got him in billions. I, and I saw the picture on the Too Big to Fail page of mm -hmm. him like dolled up as Ben Bernanke, and it's yeah, pretty cool looking. I'm yeah. Like, I mean, he's a little chubbier, but they did a pretty good job of it. Uh, yeah, he does a great job of that movie. So watch both of these get really depressed. Okay. I, so, yeah, uh, I'm going to keep talking about cord cutting this year because I do think this is the big year for it. And uh, there was ran across. I, I care nothing about basketball except for the one on my phone that I was just playing with Jason. Um, and but, you got schooled. And I did get schooled, which is probably why I don't like basketball. <laughs> But if you are into basketball, uh, March Madness is coming. And if you are into cord cutting, apparently this is now theoretically possible. It's you got to jump through a lot of hoops. There's an article linked in our show notes that can basically tells you through a couple different devices of how you can watch every single game without paying for cable. Although in a roundabout way, you are still going to be paying for something. You can't do it completely free yet. But this is interesting because a, a little quote in the article, live sports is one of the last things that is holding people back from cutting the cord. Pretty much anything else you can watch on demand and avoid spoilers. But for sports, once it happens, you know it happened. And this is why networks are doing their damnedest to ensure that the only way that you can see a sport live is if you're still paying for cable. Or go to your local sports bar. Yes. That and, is and Or you could go to your local sports bar when they're closed, put in some surreptitious webcams, and then <laughs> just pull up your webcams when they're playing the game, and then you don't even have to go to the bar. Fairly sure there's something illegal about that plan. I didn't say it was legal. <laughs> I just said this is how you can do it. Right. I, I never, never put that caveat in front of anything that I say. That, it's, that, that, is, it's legal. that is an extremely good point and a good listening tip for you folks out there. Yeah. <laughs> Just because I say it does not mean that you should do it or that it's legal. Yes. Uh, Disney has announced that uh, there will be a fifth Indiana Jones uh, Speaking movie. Speaking of things that you should not do. Yes, they should not do it. Um, Spielberg is coming back to direct. Harrison Ford's coming back to play Indiana Jones. Does the world need this? I mean, the last one was so bad. This one's going to have to be really good to bring the, that taste out of my mouth. Well, here's the thing. It doesn't have to be really good because this is going to be the last one yes. because, you know, it's like Indiana Jones in the Temple of Asper Cream, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> uh, they nuke the fridge on the last one. This one, everybody's still going to go see it and yep. it doesn't have to be very good. If it is yep. good, good for them, but it doesn't have to be good because people are still going to go see it. Harrison Ford is going to make all the monies and I don't who even do, know if they do. even care. Who knew Harrison Ford was embarking on the goodbye tour, killing off Han Solo, now Indiana Jones? Yeah, I, you know. Yeah. It's uh, as uh, what one of my friends, uh, Andy Preboy, he uh, he did a show and he called it the retrospective, so, <laughs> the regret-filled retrospective. And uh, maybe that's what Harrison Ford's doing, just to kill everything off and wipe the slate clean. Maybe he'll take all that money and go like help Bill Gates and cure malaria or something. Maybe he will. Somehow. I doubt it. <laughs> I doubt it. Too. Uh, I'm guessing you were a Xena fan. Absolutely. I had a feeling. Uh, they are rebooting the show. 
I saw that. I don't think that Lucy Lawless is coming back for it. But uh, on the plus side, what they will be having is some hot lesbo loving. Nope, there you go. <laughs> so they're not uh, the the creator or whoever's doing the reboot has basically come out and said, we're not just going to nudge, nudge, wink, wink about the fact that she has a lesbian relationship. That's going to be part of the plot. See, the thing about it, though, that was kind of fun because you knew it. But, you know, they worked around it and it actually made for some of the better storytelling. So well, I, I do wonder, because that was the thing with a lot of these shows, regardless of what gender it is, the, the fun of X-Files was what the hell's going on with, with Mulder and Scully. The fun of Moonlighting was, you know, Moonlighting got destroyed when, when the two characters got together. Yeah, as soon as they kissed, that show was dead. Yeah, so the It tension, was the kiss of death. <laughs> now, you could do the nudge, nudge, wink, wink, and, and make it clear that something's going on, but don't put them immediately into a relationship. That's half the fun. Yeah, where's the, where's the tension? You gotta have the tension to have the story, but we'll see. And speaking of tension, you put this awful link in here. <laughs> on Up to Speed this week, uh, we had an article about Terran Southern. Mm -hmm. And I can't remember what it was, but while I was researching that link, I found this video they did called Wrong Hole. Um, and it's DJ Lubel. Lubel? Now I'm going to, I think it's DJ, DJ Lubel or something like that. And I Scott Bayo. It's Lube. That DJ. would be my guess. Well, there's an L in there. Um, and Scott Bayo. And yep. it's, it is, you know, <sighs> tasteless. Not safe for work. It's, it is safe for work. Uh, there's no nudity in it, there's no swearing in it. It's okay. just. Funny. I thought it was funny. Uh, just because Scott Bayo's reaction to most of the, the things in it are, I mean, you know what we're talking about when we already say wrong hole. So you figure, yes. you go watch the video and figure it out if you, if you want some, you know, really bad humor. Yeah. Uh, Tim Burton's coming back and I might actually be excited about this for the first time in a long time. I've been very burned out on Tim Burton for probably a decade now. Now, are you yeah. burned out on Tim Burton or Johnny Depp? Because Tim Burton... Is, is there a difference? Apparently anymore? there is, because Tim Burton's new movie does not have Johnny Depp in it. Thank God. And it also, as far as I can tell at this point, the soundtrack is not by Danny Elfman. I think it's the Burton-Depp-Elfmanization -Elf of things that has totally burned me out. I cannot have those three people in the same universe at the same time Well, anymore. and also, there's four of them. What's his ex-wife's name again? Oh, uh, Helena Bonham Carter. Yeah. Who's so, also not in this. Yeah, it was the four of them that, you know... They, that, that was the little cabal, the Burton cabal, and you could not just, everything that he did was with those three people. So it's like, if they're all gone, maybe we'll get a good movie out of him because it, he hasn't had a good movie in a very long time. It's, it's been a very long time, but I am somewhat excited about this one. This is Miss Peregrine's Home for Peculiar Children. Uh, trailer is in the show notes. Uh, the trailer is great, uh, but my immediate thought was, oh, Tim Burton does X-Men. It's kind of like that. I mean, it depends on, because it, it's, whoever wrote this thing it's you know it's a it's a children's book series i'm sure ransom riggs is the okay name. ransom riggs hmm. it's a great name right yeah yeah we, we actually have a friend that's named riggs so i was just like that's, hmm. a, that's a good character name for a book yeah uh it's got eva green in it though who i have a huge man crush on mm -hmm. because she's just amazing um so I don't know. I'll look at it. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to see a couple more trailers and I'm going to see what the reviews are when it comes out. And uh, it would be nice to have Tim Burton return to form. I like the look and feel of his stuff. I like his viewpoint. I just got so burned out by everything being exactly the damn same. Yeah, he's made the same movie for 20 years. It's time to like, you know, yeah, at least step up a little bit, at least get a new cast. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, and then uh, speaking of things that we talked about on Up to Speed, Paramount is suing the hell out of some uh, some fan fiction movies. Yes, Prelude to Axnar and uh, the follow-up, which was, I think, just Axnar or something like that. I didn't actually watch them, but it's uh, I, I Alex Peters. One. I watched one, and it was very good. Did you watch the uh, short film, or did you watch the full length? I watched the short. I have not seen the full length one. Okay, well, producer Alec Peters is the one that uh, they're going after. Because he raised $650,000, which is a no-no. Yeah, that's not a fan film anymore. That's a film. That is a film. Yeah. Well, yes. even $100,000 for his first, I think, was really pushing the boundaries there. Don't you yeah. think? Yeah, I think so, too. I, the whole, I, you know, the Darth Maul thing that we talked about seems to be, I don't, did, I, I don't know the backstory. I don't know how much money they raised, if they raised any, or if they just, a fan film should be done for the love of and should not involve fundraising. Yeah, I mean, they... Because you said it took three years to make the Darth Maul film. It was 17 minutes long. I'm yeah. guessing they didn't really raise any money on that and just did it yeah, with, they their, with their talent, time, you know? Yeah, their talent. And it was great. Uh, this is a different thing. This, these guys are making these movies for profit. Yeah. I mean, and this thing, it, I mean, he had full sets, like yes. full on sets, major actors, 
you can't do that, man, without getting licensing. That's no. why that's why that's, there are lawyers. <laughs> we are we have these things called intellectual property rights. I know that the world doesn't want to believe in them anymore, but they exist. We've talked a lot about journalism and how it's dying. And uh, I found a really long, great article uh, by a guy named Jacob Silverman at The Baffler, which I'd never heard of. Uh, the Baffler? The, the Baffler. The title is The Rest is Advertising, and the subtitle is Confessions of a Sponsored Content Writer. This is about a journalist who was hoping to make a living and then decided to take a dip into the dark side and become a sponsored article uh, native advertising writer because it was the only thing that pays. Uh, yeah, that's kind of it. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, that's really the gist of the article. It's depressing as all hell. Uh, it's a great long article. I highly recommend you read it. And it is about the death of journalism and the web as we know it. I hope he got paid by the word because my <laughs> God, this goes on forever. <laughs> it does go on forever. <laughs> uh, yes. The, the whole paid content thing is, uh, it's, it's what it's come down to now, you know? Yes, it is. Uh, banner ads are gone. Uh, ad blockers are killing a lot of other things. Uh, we can't, you know, we've learned we can't charge for content. So this is what it's come down to. Now you're going to have to be even more of a critical reader, which we know people aren't judging from all the posts on our, by our idiot friends on Facebook every day and uh, figure out what the difference is between a real article and what's just sponsored content. I love that they have uh, the Pulitzer Prize has doubled as the Irony Awards last year. <laughs> One winner in local reporting category had emerged, had left his newspaper job months earlier for a better paying gig in PR. Yeah. Is there a future in journalism and writing in the Internet? Uh, was it? Yeah, we're I don't not even doing well with names. <laughs> yeah. Curie. Curie Sicha. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. C-H-O-I-R-E. Yes. How would you pronounce that? Quiry. Quiry. I'm sure isn't right. I, we're just doing this so everybody can make fun of us. It's, it's okay. Yeah. Uh, she's co-founder. Or he, I'm guessing, it's, I don't even know. <laughs> Hell, I don't even know. Co-founder of the All wrote last January. And uh, this guy writes back, ah, fuck no, not really. Journalism yeah. is dead. It's yeah. over. All right, it's a dude, by the way. Okay. Co-owner of the All and former co-editor of Gawker. Gawker, who is having their own problems with journalistic issues right now. Oh, with yes. Paul Hogan. So another Not Paul Hogan. Paul, Paul, Paul Hogan. Hogan. Paul Hogan. Isn't that uh, Crocodile Dundee? That is Crocodile Dundee. <laughs> it's the Australia mentioned from earlier with the Domino's robots that got me going that direction. Oh, that, my goodness. That's not a pizza. <laughs> and finally, in this, I just, I saw this this morning. I had heard it was out, but it was on TV this morning, and I saw it for the first time. Well, what is it? It is the Cookie Monster commercial for Siri. It it's is awesome. Great. It is so good. <laughs> I, we just went from bemoaning advertising to talking about an ad. I realize the irony, but you should go watch this. It is, it is, this commercial is better than the entire Muppets reboot. Oh, God. Well, that's not hard. No, that's, <laughs> but that's, that's, it that's is not hard. so good. It is great. Uh, everything about it is fantastic. I'm not going to spoil a word. Cookies. I found a couple cool videos this week. One is from last year's short takeoff and landing competition. Yes. Which I never thought would be very exciting, but it <laughs> turns out it's really cool. They, they uh, hold this contest up in Alaska where, you know, runway space is at a premium. Mm -hmm. And there's this one plane that will take off and land basically in the length of itself. Which is pretty insane. Yeah. They, this guy jams the engine. And he's off the ground in about as long as the plane is, and he lands and stops in exactly about the same amount of distance. It's really fun to watch. I, I differ on the opinion of it being fun to watch. I think it's great theoretically, but I was a bit bored watching the video. <laughs> Not going to lie. Okay, well, I, I, like, <laughs> I like planes. I just don't I like being in them. Yes, um, but I thought we solved that problem. Yes, I don't. I bought a dog, so I can't fly anywhere anymore. That's my problem. Oh, there's that. Okay. <laughs> uh yeah, well, we, yeah, the, uh, what, what's the guy's Ask name? the pilot. Uh, yeah. yeah. Patrick Smith. His, yeah, his book was really good. It did help quite a bit, but, uh, yeah, then I read some other stuff and, you know, bad things still happen. Um, so anyway, there's a, a quick vine that I found this week on bridge building drones that take rope and tie it together to build a bridge. And they show a guy walking on it when it's done. The only really thing unfortunate about this vine is the soundtrack. 
Yeah. It's terrible. Um, <laughs> it's terrible. It's a pretty creepy video. It's cool as all hell, but uh, even more important, I didn't even know people still posted stuff on Vine. Yeah, I didn't either. Who knew? Uh, who, who knew? knew? Who knew? <laughs> um, I ran across a really interesting article uh, by this guy, Baynard Woods. It's over on Vox. Um, Can a very small doses of LSD make you a better worker? I decided to try it out. Again, this is a horrible headline. You start with a question. That's bad. And it wasn't so much about being a better worker as it was about getting off of social media and internet addiction. Um, they use something called microdosing, which is very small doses uh, that of LSD that doesn't get you high. Um, they're too small for that. And it's about performing better by improving focus, concentration, memory, and creativity. And he gave it a go. And what's really interesting about it is if he would microdose for about two to three days, his interest in getting online, the internet, and keeping up with things and needing to know what's going on all the time went away. And he was totally cool just not getting online. He would get online for work if he needed to, but he wasn't reloading Facebook. He wasn't checking his texts, et cetera, et cetera, which is something the world could use. Uh, where can I get me my hands on some of this? That's the problem. LSD <laughs> is illegal. It's um, illegal. And there were definitely some issues. This guy, this guy's a bit of a druggie. Um, so he talked about how there were a couple situations where he was microdosing and then smoked a lot of weed and that did not go well. And he was microdosing and then drank a lot and that did not go well. Um, and he's, <laughs> <laughs> I think it uh, comes down to that did not go well. <laughs> yeah. So in very careful application when he did not do anything else, this did seem to really help and had a severe effect on him. And uh, basically he was totally not addicted to the internet anywhere. Uh, he stopped for a long time and he said it came back. Uh, it did take a couple of weeks for him to get back to it but then he was just like the rest of us again always checking always seeing what's going on feeling the need to always check but it worked for him for a little bit what we do need is this is a single use case uh this is a guy who admits he's done many many illegal drugs many many times throughout his life uh if somebody could actually isolate this and do a real study on it i think it would be really interesting i could see us having a pill and i can't believe you know we're a pill society it's kind of ridiculous i could see us having a pill with no you know, bad side effects that actually chilled us out and got us over internet addiction. How fantastic would that be? In other science news, nanoparticles are coming to save your teeth. Okay. I cannot wait. They need to hurry up before I get too old because <laughs> then I'll just have dentures and not care anymore. But they do say they might even be able to regrow teeth at some point. Um, they're talking about these nanoparticles like as a paste mm -hmm. or as a replacement for fillings that will repair the enamel on your teeth and protect you against bad bacteria and gum disease. Right. It's like super toothpaste. Yeah. Very cool. I mean, this is, uh, this makes a lot of sense and hopefully the nanoparticles don't run amok and go wild. Yeah. That's what they've, that's, they've been working on this since 1970 and they're still having issues with like, you know, <laughs> making sure they don't, uh, Oh, let's say uh, just migrate to a, an organ somewhere and yeah, start making you. start making teeth in your lungs. <laughs> Lung teeth. <laughs> that sounds like lung teeth, the pirate. I think that's, uh, <laughs> sounds like that's, a good name. That's pretty good. Uh, yeah. I mean, I'd love to see some, some advances in, in dentistry cause it's kind of still fairly medieval. Um, nanoparticles. I mean, this is the nanoparticle dream is the dream that will change the entire world and in, in every field. So this, yeah, we're nowhere near there. So. Yeah. But the thing is, I mean, the, uh, they even say that uh, nanoparticles will be really disruptive, but the problem is the dental industry does not want to be disrupted, and well, they're very well, powerful. So they're like, I don't, I don't no. think the, the dentist industry is going to be able to stop nanotech. No, they're not. Uh, oh, well, what are you going to do? Well, until then, I'm going to floss a lot. Yeah, that's a good idea. Instead of lying every time when you get there. How long have you been flossing? Oh, the whole time. I actually just started last night. They can tell, you know. Yes, they can. Now, just because we couldn't pronounce a single thing today <laughs> properly, <laughs> I would like to give a shout out to Chris and Seth over at the Grime Life podcast, because uh, on their latest episode 17, they were kind of making fun of us for not being able to pronounce a couple other things like, uh, uh, especially you and your Italian. That reminds me of a meme I actually just saw this week, which is a uh, very applicable. It was a picture of somebody, I can't remember the exact thing, so I'm going to butcher it, but it was, don't make fun of people for not pronouncing things correctly. That just means they read, they learn by reading. If you say so on that one. 
Yeah. So what are you going to do? I don't know. It was, it was funny. And uh, you can check them out at uh, grimelifepodcast.podomatic.com. I will check it out because I like to be made fun of. <laughs> uh, and to bring us down again, because I like to do this, a shout out to a friend of the show, Keith Emerson. Uh, he passed away last week. Rest in peace. I had no idea that you knew him. I would uh, have completely gotten an introduction to him because Emerson Lake and Palmer was the first concert I ever went to when I was yeah. like, a kid. Yeah, he was a regular uh, pub trivia guy and a regular down at my local. So uh, I did st- not know that. That Now I'm, I'm really bummed. Super nice guy. Um, uh, he will be missed. So. Well, on that happy note, thanks for listening. I'm Jason DeFilippo, and you can check me out at jpd.me. And I'm Brian Schillmeister, and you can follow me on Twitter at SlenderFungus. And don't forget to check out Up to Speed, our latest podcast. You can find that out at uh, grumpyoldgeeks.com. There are links all over the place. Grumpy Old Geeks is a partially fan-supported show. Check out our Patreon page at patreon.com slash GOG. We really appreciate your support. If you don't want to or can't donate but still want to support the show, please go to grumpyoldgeeks.com slash iTunes and leave us a few words and five-star rating or tell a friend about the show. Intro music for the show is provided by The Band Among Us. You can find them on iTunes, Spotify, and Apple Music. Or you can donate through the Grumpy Old Geeks Patreon page at patreon.com slash GOG to get 10 exclusive tracks. Outro music for the show is provided by Andy Stachansky. You can follow Andy at Twitter dot com slash house of andy and he's also on soundcloud at grumpyoldgeeks.com slash andy show notes for all the links discussed in the episode can be found at grumpyoldgeeks.com slash 152